All right, welcome everybody. Uh, you're on Mind Your Biz. And I have uh, three guests from the company Martins. Welcome to the show. And uh, thank you for letting us mind your biz. So tell us a little bit about your company Martins. Martins um, started by, I contacted a friend to talk about some investing opportunities a while back in the uh, rare earth metals back at that time. Then we, what we decided to do is to move over towards to specialized equipment like uh, uh, dump trucks and um, doing drones and also doing remote control systems. So we started there and then, uh, and this is where we're at um, right now. Wow, so that's some high technology kind of equipment. Um, how, how, how's the um, progress with getting, um, you know, other companies on board with your, with your technology? Well, we're looking for funding right now um, to get to that um, point. But what we did do is we uh, also hired some engineers and consultants uh, around the world to help us uh, get some trademarks and some patents going. And uh, we're right now we're in the early stages of um, trying to bring in uh, some funding so that we can get uh, the company up and uh, 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 running a little bit better. So that's what we're trying to do right now. And, and what are some of the products or the technology that you're going to be offering? Is it, is it uh, mostly drone-based and heavy equipment? Uh, no, we're going to do some blockchain, and we're doing uh, some tractors, and we're doing drones. And it's also good for uh, uh, farming and construction uh, companies as well. And we're doing uh, also some uh, hydrogen fuel cells, and um, we're doing also uh, remote control where it's uh, easy for um, people to use, anybody who's not really uh, computer oriented like me is very a uh, plug and play um, for everybody to really use. It's very simple to use. So you guys are, are trying to set up essentially the logistics and the software for these kinds of systems. And how are you using blockchain? Because you know that's the that's the hot topic these days with with blockchains becoming a part of not only currency but contracts and software and a whole a whole load of data. So how are you guys incorporating blockchain? With your technology when we start the uh, process is like to say at, at one of the our location like a farming location or something like that what we can do is we can start the uh, uh entity right there and keep it connected to where it goes from one place to another place and it stays um connected all the way through so there's really no way that anything can get lost or uh misshipped or misprinted or anything like that so it um it stays together in one thing all the way from the um cycle where it starts and where it ends so tell us the problems with the industries that you're going to be trying to fix essentially or uh, try to make them more efficient because we want to get a really good understanding of what, you know, what are the problems or what, what are the inefficiencies that you're, you're essentially and your company is trying to fix or fill the void. Well, in the, like in the farming industry, um, what we can do with, uh, with the drones in particular is that we can can fly over the areas where it could be remote controlled and um, the farmer can also use it um, with um, you know um, with pesticides or with uh, fertilizers that um, he can control the droid and fly over so many acres per hour I, I believe around around 400 acres an hour or something and then he can just um, fertilize that whole area with the drone bring it back fill it again do another couple hundred acres fill it again and on and on and it could be much more efficient that way uh, with the drones for him, for his um, crops and stuff, and, and fielding with um, fertilizer and uh, any pesticides that he might want to use. Are you are you finding that a lot of farmers are still not using 
this technology yet? Yes. Uh, we find that some of them that are, um, are not up to it yet. Yes. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's got to be very inefficient to be fertilizing, you know, the old school way, I, I have to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Because this can, uh, you can fly over, you can control it. It's an easy uh, uh, device to use. It can uh, be really efficient for him because we can really do quite a few acres there at, at one time with the drone. He can put up a good size amount of fertilizer or whatever that he wants to use, pesticides or anything like that. It can be quite helpful to the farmer. Maybe I can help on a little bit of this. The, the company started with the idea of rare earth metals, looking for some investments and rare earth metals seemed like a good uh, investment with some lucrative returns and all in it. And then we decided if we wanted to do rare earth metals, it would help if we had specialized equipment. So then we kind of went from the rare earth metals and said, let's develop the equipment so that we can invest and go after the rare earth metals. So we decided we, we would be beneficial to have some uh, specialized dump trucks, some specialized tractors to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. And then we decided, well, with all the dust and the dirt and everything, it would be nice uh, if we could do these with robotics. And with the robotics, we could do it more efficiently. We didn't have to worry about health concerns, et cetera, labor, et cetera. Uh, and then we decided, well, if we have robotics, then it might be beneficial to get some drones so that they could kind of hover and keep track of the operation. Uh, and we could operate these tractors and dump trucks, et cetera, remotely. So then we decided we'd develop some drones. Gotcha. And so that way a farmer could actually sit in his office and operate the tractors farming the fields. And with the blockchain chain technology, they could actually operate several tractors and all at one time. They could send the dump truck to go from point A to point B and operate remotely. And while that truck is going from point A to point B, uh, he could be concentrating on something else. We could operate several pieces of equipment at one time. And the equipment doesn't really carry about lunch breaks or uh, uh, overtime, et cetera. So that's how kind of all this came together. And it really started with the idea of mining, not for the agriculture. But we figured, okay, if we're going to have these tractors, there are more farmers than there are miners. So we would customize this for the farmers. And so we figured we'll get this on the market. And we've developed specialized equipment. And the equipment we have developed, since it's from the ground up, we can actually produce cheaper than we can uh, trying to modify existing equipment and we can get it to work more like we want it to work. Got it. So what are, what are some of the rare earth metals that might be in high demand that maybe a lot of, the, uh, a lot of us aren't aware of? Well, believe it or not, I don't know about right now today, but a few years back, believe it or not, the most important commodity shipped into the United States was chrome, chromite. Um, and there's a band down the East Coast and a band down the uh, West Coast. Uh, that's something most people wouldn't think of. Uh, we could also mine gold and silver, um, selenium. Uh, there, there's just a whole variety of rare earths. And most of the 
rare earth metals that we get are from places like China uh, and overseas that are not necessarily right now the friendliest uh, countries towards the U.S. And if they're, they're holding most of the rare earth metals that we need for our electronics um, and other type of, of uh, production materials, uh, then we would like to have some of our, be able to mine our own uh, so that we aren't relying on these other countries that we may even be in conflict with. Is it hard to find, uh, to mine rare earth metals? Like, how do you know where to get them? I mean, well, just where do you go like, looking? Uh, I guess maybe an analogy would be like with oil. You, know, you hire architects. Um, there are maps and zones where we know that a lot of them are. As far as the rare earths, a lot of them are out in kind of wilderness areas, such as uh, Utah, um, Wyoming, and, and places out west. Uh, obviously, you can't strip mine up and down the east coast. Uh, you just don't have the ground for it. So out there in some of the barren lands is where a lot of these minerals are. And some of them are surface metals, and some of them are down deeper. So we could use our modified tractors, or not modified, our established ones, uh, for uh, going in and out of mine shafts as well as surface mine. Wow. I mean, this sounds like a very big uh, task. You, you're going into a business that sounds very expensive. Um, obviously, it, it does seem necessary, especially with you know, conflicts with different countries. It'd be nice to be able to you know, mine our own resources here. So for that idea, I think it's great. But wow, that's some challenge uh, trying to, you know, buy and modify equipment and vehicles to mine, uh, I imagine. Uh, it's, it's a challenge. We have gone all over the world and gotten a hold of experts, uh, consultants, engineers, uh, lawyers such as uh, Stephen. Uh, to help us do patents, trademarks, etc., so that once we get this technology, uh, we can't have some of our friends overseas steal our technology from us, or hopefully we'll slow them down or stop them from stealing. Uh, and like I said, we decided rather than modifying, we actually wanted to build from the ground up. So some of our equipment doesn't look quite like the modern machinery that you're used to seeing. Uh, the dump trucks in particular, I don't want to go into uh, uh, specific details and give out uh, proprietary knowledge at this point, uh, but some of these dump trucks will do things that modern-day dump trucks can't do at all that will be exceptionally beneficial in the way they dump, the way they operate, uh, as well as being able to be robotic. And have you guys approached, I don't know, the government or military to try to be, get involved with this? you know, with this venture? We've been working on that. Tim, uh, Tim, tell them a little bit about your military experience. Yeah, I'm a Air Force uh, veteran. I was uh, a crash firefighter, a specialist. Um, was with the B-52s in the SAC back in the day, uh, in the 1970s and 1980s. Finished up my time as a reservist. And uh uh, that's what I used to do there, and I also was uh, also trained in uh, nuclear weapons and uh, missiles. I did uh, missile rescues out of the silos, um, been on a couple of airplane crashes, forest fires, bridge fires, high-rise fires, you name it, I've been through it. So anyway, with his military background and knowledge, um, 
that's been a help for us to uh, kind of get an in. And we really haven't uh, established specific contracts and things like that. Uh, we aren't quite at that point yet. We want to get some vehicles on the road so that we have uh, specifics that we can show them. And once we show them the actual machinery, uh, we want to be able to deliver them. So we've done what, some talking what, to date, but we actually haven't tried to establish uh, contracts. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys are, are, are on a real, uh, that's a serious mission. I mean, big equipment is expensive. Uh, high, and if it's, in, uh, it's very you know, high tech, that's even more expensive. But I think obviously there's a need for it. Uh, so we can um, get more resources out of our own country. Um, have you ever maybe talked to some of the existing equipment manufacturers that may be able to subsidize the cost or partner with you on trying to develop some of these machines that, that, you, that you guys are, are building or trying to design? We have tossed around the idea that we have not talked with anybody yet um, we're concerned about them possibly trying to steal some of our uh, knowledge um, and try to take over some of our patents or, or, or infringe on our patents, etc. Um, we really would rather start on our own and develop uh, our own facilities and get a good start and stronghold before uh, we leak this information out to some of the big boys that... Uh, might want to try to get a hold of it. Well, well um, Fraser, or, or rather Stephen, you're the, you're an attorney, right? And a patent attorney. So if they have these proprietary ideas and they bring it to a big manufacturer and it, the, the patent pendings are already submitted, should they still have to be worried about the big guy? I mean, the big guy will always generally, if they want to steal an idea, they're going to do it anyway um, and, you know, and litigate. So I almost feel like if, you, if the idea is protected, I mean, should they really fear them stealing the idea if it's already, you know, if it's protected um, and they steal the idea, can't you go after them for? Yes and no. So the ideas as they were developed, um, you know, represented, you know, at the time of filing, the, you know, we, we took what we had and put that on file. So those are protected. However, with ongoing research, there's always going to be something new and those aren't protected yet. Um, obviously, when we, we file, uh, when we convert our provisionals to non-provisionals, we'll update the, the applications, include any sort of new developments. Um, but until those new developments are, are filed with the patent applications, they, they aren't protected. And, and that's just what happens with ongoing research. You, you will always have a, that situation. So, you know, we're doing our best. We're, 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 we're you know, cr crossing our T's, dotting our I's, and making sure we, we have that protection. And, but, you know, that, that's just kind of the, the, the situation we're in. So it's tough to really protect an idea, uh, even if it's in the pending status. Um, someone can still take it, even though you got the pending started. The way it works is once the patent application matures as a valid patent, then you can go after for infringing uses and stuff. But until then, you only really have provisional rights, that you have the rights to the application, but you don't have the right uh, of a 
to exclude people from the market who are using it. So we don't we don't really want to have that situation. We don't want to uh, be in a place where you know some you know we we trusted somebody now and they sort of use the same idea um, or became competitors of ours or maybe they improved the idea and filed an application um, that you no know they, that incorporates our our trade secrets but isn't you know exactly the same so we'd rather be partners with people than than competitors in in that situation and you know that's and that's just kind of like the the way the industry works so so essentially let's say uh they went to some let's say they went to john deere and john deere makes very traditional equipment and they they never had any intention of working with drones before can't you go to like a john deere with a an nda of some sort that protects uh your company against them going into the drone business integrated with their equipment that would something like that protect you guys or that's not bulletproof what like would an nda be bulletproof or yeah generally if john deere is not doing anything related to drones and they they sign off that you know with martins that they cannot do any drone technology that's integrated with their equipment per se that wouldn't be enough to kind of prevent them from stealing the ideas i don't think an nda that we could give them would exclude them from doing all drone technology certainly like if they had an, an independent developer or an independent idea and stuff like that but to, to the extent they would be using ours or, or using that um then certainly that would be excluded or i'm sorry included within an NDA that we would give them. But the other things, if they if they are secretly working on drones um, that we don't know about, you know, there's really nothing that we can do about that. But, you know, maybe um, the, a partnership could exist between Martins and, and John Deere that, you know, we could, you know, combine our heads and, and um, develop some great technology. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to try to, you know, change your whole game plan, but I feel like, it would just accelerate, you know, the, the possibility of getting your, your high tech gear into play much quicker when you're already kind of working with an existing manufacturer than really trying to become a manufacturer and then still try to, you know, develop high tech gear. I mean, this is real expensive stuff. And I just feel like there's enough manufacturers out there that already have the resources and they may not have the technology yet. And I imagine if you put together a, an ironclad NDA of some sort that, and they're not going to sign an NDA if they're already working on something that's similar. But I feel like if I'm a manufacturer, I already have a plant, I have vehicles, but I have no high tech gear going on. I might be open to signing an NDA uh, that can possibly bring you know, higher tech gear into our building and, and advance us. So the point is, I don't know. I, I, you know, I know the challenges of raising money. Um, and I, and then I can only imagine the challenges of raising money in your sector. Uh, you need a whole lot of money. I mean, this is, you know, these are vehicles, this is high tech gear. Um, I almost feel like, uh, It'd just be a, a way easier path to try to work with an existing manufacturer. There's always going to be the fear of them stealing it. I'm sure. I mean, that goes for anything. Uh, the second, if you guys started your own plant and then came out with some great gear, 
I'm sure there's going to be 10 other companies right there behind you that are going to copy the ideas, change it a little bit. So the point is, is that no matter how well you know, protected you are, if someone's going to steal your idea, they're going to do it. And especially if they're a big company, they can afford to just litigate. Um, and I've been through that before too. It's really all about who's got more money and, and they usually win the, the litigation. So at some point you got to start getting your idea into development um, because someone else is going to think of it. I mean, we're, we're humans. We all think alike. And if you don't get your ideas in the process, then, it, you know, I'm, you know, I almost feel like someone else might come out with it. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just sharing an honest opinion because I've, you know, I'm an inventor as well. And, you know, I've patented uh, some technology and no matter what, uh, there were big, you know, companies stealing the idea and, and it's very expensive to stop them. <laughs> So sometimes you just let them let them do what they do and you just do your best in, in, in selling your product. You know what I mean? I just say completely. And, you know, I, I also do intellectual property litigation as well as patent drafting. And I've seen a lot of good ideas go bad because of that precise situation that, you know, someone just discloses an idea to somebody uh, without those NDAs, without, you know, that foresight. And it's just sort of it creates a messy situation down the road. And, you know, speaking for Martin's, you know, as a legal counsel that, you know, we will do our absolute best to, to make sure those protections are there. So we don't end up in that situation because that could, that could ultimately destroy our company down the road. Absolutely. I, I appreciate yeah. Your, yeah. Uh, your comments, Evan. Um, we've discussed some of those things and that is a concern. Um, and we may wind up having to go that route um, and and try to do that. But that's that's something we've discussed between us, and there are different opinions on it. But yeah, yeah, you've got some very valid points. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. You know, I tell everybody, I stick my two cents in. You can take it or leave it. I've been through a lot uh, when it comes to you know inventing and technology and business and. You know, I've been ripped off and at some point you got to say to yourself that you got to get your idea out and it, there is risk, but the risk of not getting your idea out and someone else just thinking of it and getting it out before you, there's a big risk there too. So, you know, and I consult people and I consult businesses and man, um, if you came to me with this, I, I would absolutely, you know, really consider you know, getting together with, a, with an existing manufacturer. Maybe you don't go for the biggest name in town, but maybe you go for a smaller guy that may not be as threatening, that has the capability to build your vehicles um, and make them a partner. And to me, everything's timing. And, I, you know, I've seen too many great ideas kind of just get stale and then someone else did it. If you don't jump on it, you know, time is... Is, is not on your side, unfortunately. So one of the other things is uh, the name Martins. It stands for Mobile Automated Robotic Technology Integrated Network Systems. Kind of describes the whole of the whole works there. Uh, a couple of other things relating to that is uh, we want everything we're doing to be green, green, clean energy. 
so we're talking about using hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, at some point, who knows, maybe we'll go with some of these new batteries they're talking about. But that was important to us, is to go with clean energy operation. Uh, and we want it to be a plug-and-play technology. We want it to be something that you don't have to have a lot of computer knowledge. Uh, a lot of farmers are good, particularly mechanically, but not electronically. Um, but we'd like to have it or think that we're going to have it more like a TV remote where you can take it out of the box and look at the dials and pretty much figure out how to operate it, which is a big part of what we're trying to do. No, it's great, great stuff. I mean, you're bringing, you know, the future, you're trying to bring the future here, equipment, technology, and uh, it's environmentally safe. So these are all great things and it's, you know, very expensive and we, we absolutely need it uh, to progress as a society and as a, as a country um, and be more self-reliant. So I think this falls in with, you know, what we really need uh, as a country. And, and we learned through COVID how reliant we are with other countries, with everything, with resources, equipment, even, um, even batteries. Um, as crazy as that sounds. And, I, and I've, I've, I've personally went through it with some of my businesses. So uh, I'm all for, you know, a company like this. I just, I just feel like you guys got to get, you know, get, uh, get together with somebody that's already can build these things. Uh, so you're not reinventing the wheel on, on the manufacturing part of it. Because uh, that's, that's an animal in, a, in itself, uh, you know, just, you know, building a plant, building a vehicle. Um, let alone getting the technology integrated with it. So, I don't know, it sounds like a great idea. I just, I just love to see you guys, you know, get moving with, with building it because um, we do need something like this. Sounds good. I appreciate your comments. Another nice thing relating to this on mining country and on farming country, uh, you don't have to worry about like these automated cars that they're talking about are self-driving cars. You know, if you're on a farm, you don't have to worry about the car next to you running into you or you are running into them or being exactly controlled. So that's an advantage for us is that uh, you've got more room for air. But you also, on the remote control, you can establish points on the farm and say, okay, on this field, I want you to go back and forth every 10 feet to, to plow this. So you can kind of get it to go remote control and once you set it up, you can leave it alone and let it farm itself. No, I think, I think it's great technology. I personally, I've worked with some companies that work with dr drones uh, that were involved with um, COVID uh, disinfecting. So I, I, I was just amazed by the technology. I didn't know that these huge drones can really be effective in, you know, in um, really detailed and, and very concise positioning of disinfecting, so you know the solutions. So, seems like you're 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 kind of in that space. So I believe in it. I've seen it. I've seen it in action, and I, I think it would be great uh, for farmers to integrate that technology. Uh, it'll be more efficient, and, and farmers are always having a. A tough time. Have their, you know, ups, they have and their downs, ups and downs. It seems, it seems all, every year. Every there's year something, there's something going on with the farmers, farmers and, and 
and I'm sure they need all the help they can get. So, with the farm equipment, you might have to repair equipment, but you don't have to pay millions of dollars for an injured worker. I mean, there's there's all kinds of different angles and aspects of this that I think will really do well on this. That's a great point. Uh, there's, I think, there's way less and less laborers for farming, and there's more and more technology capable. Uh, employees out there looking for jobs that can control the drones and the automated equipment. So I think that's a great point. It, it's a safer uh, way to run, a, run agriculture where people won't get hurt and you can create jobs. I think it's a win-win. These trucks also, if they get the uh, self-driving vehicles down a little bit better, uh, some of these dump trucks are going to be sized to be roadworthy so that they can run up and down the roads. So wow. Wow. it would also work there. The The main part of the vehicles uh, is the way the beds dump, uh, is is the uniqueness of these vehicles. Have, have all kinds of opportunities that existing dump trucks don't have. You've talked about actually designing the actual vehicles differently also, but the main portion of it is the beds on the dump trucks. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the designs are have existed probably for 50 years without changing them too much. So I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we're due for a new, new design of dump trucks at this point. I think uh, we're at the stage is where we're looking for funding to actually start production. And so I think your points on uh, trying to team up with somebody is, uh, is well put. And that's something that uh, I think we need to discuss maybe a little bit more. Um, see where we can go with that get uh, a little more of steve's input on that yeah well hey listen guys i i hope i really do hope you get the funding because obviously when you can kind of control your own budgets it, it can make life easier um and i hope there's somebody out there maybe listening that or watching that um has linear ideas to this that might be able to help um or a manufacturer that's going to do the right thing and not steal any ideas, but work together with some innovative guys at, at, at Martin's. So um, I wish you guys a ton of luck. I think it's definitely a viable business that's needed. Uh, where can um, somebody reach you guys? Is there a website or email or a phone number that you'd like to share? It's at um, info at martinstechnology.com. Okay, so that's info at martinstechnology com. Excellent. So, hey, I, I really appreciate you guys coming out here, um, sharing your high-tech business. Uh, that's clearly uh, sounds like a great idea. Um, so we appreciate you sharing it, and uh, we wish you a whole lot of success. And thank you for letting us mind your biz. Take care, gentlemen. <laughs>